0: Hi everybody and welcome to the Social Marketing Academy. I am your host, Christopher Tompkins. Today we have an awesome show. What do you know about website design? Well, um, a lot of us don't know everything that we need to know and I have an expert for you. My friend Natalie Sharma is going to be on this today's episode. She's gonna answer a lot of really fantastic website questions that you the listener have posed. So uh, thank you for those questions. We've tabulated your scores and everyone's a winner because she's going to answer all of them. So I will introduce Natalie in just a minute. Before I do, I just wanna welcome you to the Social Marketing Academy or welcome back if you are a return visitor or listener or viewer. We stream this um, via video as well as our RSS feed for our podcast once every week. So every Thursday evening, you get new content from us. And the content that I want to share is all of the expert knowledge from my network. I'm very fortunate to be able to be connected with a lot of fantastic, talented people in lots of different areas. So I want you to be able to learn from those people as well. Why not? I have. you know, I'm not saying that I'm the be-all end-all just because I'm a digital marketer. There's lots of great takeaways that I've gotten from each one of our guests and our past shows and the ones that we have coming up. We have some great guests coming up, by the way. But um, uh, so please, if you have any questions at all for any any topic or any um, discipline or what have you, when it comes to digital marketing, online or even offline marketing, please get in touch and let me know. You can get in touch via my website for my agency which is the Go Agency. We are a digital marketing specialist firm. You can go to go-salesandmarketing.com. When you go there, go to the right-hand corner and there's all of my social links. Any of those social links, you can tweet, you can comment, you can send a message and just say, "Hey, on a future episode of the show, would you mind covering topic X?" or would you like I have a I have a question about topic X that I would love to have answered in a future episode. And guess what? I will put it on and I will answer it for you. So not too bad, getting an expert, giving you inside knowledge on a question that you might have burning in your your back pocket that you just don't know exactly what to do with. So that is what this show is all about. Um, So please, if you uh, find us on iTunes, subscribe. We're also on YouTube with all of our past streaming. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's lots of content out there, especially on gosalesandmarketing.com. So please do check out the blog page Lots of great great articles there for you to check out. And we do have an e-course available. So as soon as you go to our website, go salesandmarketing.com, that will pop up. But there you go. So I would love to hear from you if you have any questions. This is basically like an hour's worth of consultation for free in a given topic, so not too bad. And I'll ask the questions that you're probably thinking about, all right? So let me tell you a little bit about our guest, Natalie. I love Natalie. We've worked together for a while, um, and I'm glad to be able to welcome her on as a guest. She's a digital design consultant and the founder and creative director of um, Pixital, which is a niche design studio specializing in website design, user interface design, and branding. She has over 10 years of experience in design and serves as the creative arm for industry innovators and technology and software firms. I think... Natalie is the perfect guest to bring on today because I'm going to bring her in right now. She's fantastic for this topic because she deals with some of the minutia that we kind of overlook if we're looking into the website uh, design arena. So I'm glad to bring her on. Here she is. Natalie, welcome to the show.
1: (laughs) Hi, Chris. Thank you for having me. Super excited to be here today.
0: Yeah, excellent. Well, I just gave you um, I just gave you a little bio overview to the audience, but can you let um, can you let our, our, our listeners and our viewers know exactly um, kind of like where your where your specialties lie?
1: Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, I own Pixital, It's a niche design studio. We really specialize in serving industry innovators, specifically with web design, user interface design, and branding. So basically, trying to. Uh, take all of your bits and pieces, transform your assets into something better and more specialized.
0: Yeah, perfect. Um, and and it's really interesting too, because um, Natalie is kind of like next level. So when you're thinking about a website designer um, or a website design, it's like, oh, I just want a really pretty website. Natalie is going to do something a little bit more um, a little bit more boss with the website. So it's a little bit next level. So sometimes if you need something a little bit more robust in terms of a solution, Natalie is your girl. Um, but let's get, let's jump into um, some of the questions that um, our audience was posing for you, Natalie. I think, oh, uh, this question. Okay. This first question. <laughs> uh, oh my God. I, Cause back in the, back in the day when I was a itty bitty young little Chris, um, agency owner, when I first started out, we were doing, we did websites and um, it was like, trying to come up with how much they cost was like, it was very challenging because it wasn't our forte. We were doing it to help out. We don't do that anymore, thankfully. But okay, the main question, how much does a website cost? (laughs) (laughs) Natalie, what do you got?
1: Yes. Uh, my rebuttal is, well, how much does a house cost? <laughs> um, there, there is no short answer to this. There's just so many factors involved. And I, I feel like people, they just want a quick answer. But the, the, the short answer is... It really just depends. It's very frustrating to hear that, but it's like, how big is this website? What does it do? Oh. Uh, how how active is it? Are you updating it constantly? How many bits and pieces do you have custom code? Does it have to tie in with any special integrations? So, you know, like I said, it really just depends. Um, I myself have starting costs that kind of outline what that will cover, but pretty much I would say for the most part, it's always gonna be custom. Um, and you, you should be wary of out-of-the-box cheap prices for sure, because no matter which way you slice it, you're going to be compromising somewhere.
0: Absolutely. And I think that this is a really good point. Um, that's one good point. There's a, there's a few in there I, I want to explore. The first one being um, an out-of-the-box solution. Out-of-the-box solutions, especially if they come with a subscription um, or they start off free. Um, I, I mean, I, I love that they think it's going to be free forever, but there is going to be fees that are going to start sinking in. And then how about, oh, I want to make a change. Oh, don't worry. Our support team can help you. It's going to be um, uh, $300 an hour for us to change the word the to and. And yeah. <laughs> um, it, 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 can get, it can get very expensive. And those solutions also can trap you. Um, in a way, mm-hmm. online. Because once you start building up your online presence, your website really needs to be, I mean, you mentioned home and the home pricing. Uh, your website needs to be your nucleus of your online activity. That's where you want people to end up. So you, why would you want to cut corners at that part? It's like almost like if you're opening up a shop and then it's kind of like, Yeah. <laughs> I just I'll just get some like uh, plastic shelves and uh, throw my stuff on there and then you know I'll just put like a tarp over the window I mean that's just that's not how
1: it works no no it's really not and I don't want to blame technology for this but I do feel because the technology is far more available Um, like back in the day when I was first learning about website design it was still a majority of it was still like hand coded. Um, there was there weren't really templates, you really had to understand how those elements worked. But now, like you can whip yourself up something. I'm not saying it's good, but you can whip yourself up something with a builder uh, very fast. And I think that gives the illusion that because those tools exist, that it is therefore easier.
0: And also, I think that there's there's people out there um, that they value, we- they value websites as Well, do I really need one? I actually had, I had somebody ask me that and like, well, do I really need it for my business? And I was talking to my friend Judy on another um, another episode of the Social Marketing Academy about SEO and it's the, the power of being found online. Yes, you can get around it a little bit if you have a strong social media or digital presence in other ways, but your website's really going to be the main way that you're going to show up in the search engines. So if that is how people are going to find you through Google searches, which everyone knows is very, are very important or Google Maps or Google whatever, uh, why would you want to skimp on the website? And it's it, I don't know, it's, 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 it's interesting. I've never really figured out why it was, like in, in your opinion, why do you feel that people view websites sometimes as an afterthought or they don't value them in terms of the right exchange of pricing?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think so many people, they still don't really understand the power that a website has. They're not thinking about it as optimized, or they're not thinking about it as a flow and capturing traffic. They're just thinking of this thing that you have to have. Um, and so they just want to get something up there, get it very fast. And they're not thinking long term. I think that's probably the the pit that people fall into. Is they're just thinking, well, I just need a website up there. Like say, if you have a restaurant, like I just need a website with pictures of my restaurant and a menu. And that's all. They're not thinking about the fact that you know, a couple of months down the road, they're going to want to change that menu. They're going to want to have events. They're going to want to be flexible with that space. People still are thinking websites in terms of like a flyer or a brochure. Mm -hmm. They think of it in terms of static and and not um, fluctuating or changing. They they think of it as like a set thing that you just set it and forget it. Mm -hmm.
0: That's completely true. I mean, that's, it's very, it's very, anytime that I have a client that comes to me that, weird like potential potential um and a prospect that we're dealing with obviously the website's one of the first places that we look and mm-hmm. I find for myself I vet a client based off of their website first as well because if their website's confusing and it's outdated and I scroll down to the bottom and then it has um a 2018 copyright on it and yeah. it's 2021 <laughs> I'm I know what they're I know what's going on they did a set it and forget it and then I start looking at their offerings and seeing if they're outdated and what's going on and how old the pictures are. And and then you yeah. kind of know what you're dealing with. Well, mm-hmm. if I'm doing that as a person that's, I mean, yes, I have a strategic way of looking at it, but let's just say that I one of my relatives was just interested in that company and they went to their website and they saw all of that outdated material. You know what? They wouldn't vet it much differently than I would. <laughs> you know, they would yeah. be like, oh, these people aren't even, I don't even know if they're still in business. We're gonna have to try to give them a call.
1: Exactly, and like, and I think that people are not, business owners are just not thinking about their customer assessing as closely as we are. Um, they, they, they're thinking about, they're not thinking about it in the exact same terms. Mm-hmm. They're just looking at it and thinking, oh, this looks like they're stuck in the nineties. Um, and they're not <laughs> thinking, oh, they just, they didn't bother to, to work on this. They're just thinking, well, this this company is stuck there. And I, I think that's that's what people forget is that what that represents yeah. is what people perceive you to be right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think it's because uh, uh, right now everything is so immediate, and everyone is expected mm-hmm. to be up to date. So when you aren't, you're not meeting, you're not rising to the expectations of the masses. Um, now, exactly. kind of like changing gears a little bit, you know, um, there's lots of different platforms out there, and you know, one of the things that I've, I get all the time is. I've heard WordPress is going to be the best thing for me, or I've heard Shopify is going to be the best thing for me. How, what, how do you answer the question how, how, what is the best website platform for my
1: business. Mm Well, I, th- I think the two things you have to address is, first is what do you want the website to actually do? Like, what is it there for? Yes. What purpose does it serve? Mm-hmm. And then of course, how savvy are you or the person who is gonna maintain and own this asset? To me, that really determines what platform you're gonna be on. So if, if I have a client who they have a great product, they have a great brand and th- they're super excited about a website and they want it to you know remain updated, I'm probably gonna push them more towards a preset platform like Shopify. Uh, I have lots of feelings about WordPress that are not good, but if I had to do WordPress, I would, um, because there, there's more structure there for them. There's more documentation they can lean on. But on the flip side, if, if you have an in-house development team, you don't have to be tied to any platform at all because you, you've got people that can create something custom for you. So, so those are the two things I would kind of approach it with.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And when it, comes to, when it comes to shopping platforms, cause I'm asked this quite often, like what is the ideal shopping platform? Because people, come, uh, people are using WooCommerce, people are using Shopify, mm-hmm. people are using whatever else is cobbled together. Do you have kind of uh, an idea or a view on best shopping platforms? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so I would say, uh, honestly, in my opinion, I do think Shopify is superior if we're comparing that to WooCommerce. Um, and I think that's more because it, Shopify is a little bit more locked in um, with WordPress yes. and WooCommerce being so more open source that it's cool. You know, It's great that contributors are helping support it, but it's if something goes down and you're, you're, you're self hosting on your own platform or a different host that's not WordPress, you're kind of out of luck, honestly. Um, and, and I think with Shopify, there is more support. There's more documentation. And I feel like, I honestly, in my opinion, I do feel like developers in general are moving away from WordPress because yeah. the, the, the thing with WordPress and WooCommerce is you're getting killed by plugins um, and, and people are becoming more and more wary of security issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do feel like that Shopify has really risen to the occasion. And from what I've seen, like I follow them on Twitter. I'm kind of a fan girl a little bit. I know people that work there. Um, it, to me, it seems like they are staying on top of the trends with security and features. And that's kind of what you want yeah. for like a platform that's going to that's gonna grow with the the trends. And as they change WordPress and WooCommerce, I just, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't feel like they're keeping up.
0: Um, I don't disagree with you, uh, Natalie. I think that whenever I have a client that comes to me and uh, they're e-commerce based and they say that they have Shopify, I'm kind of like, oh, I'm going to be able to connect their Facebook store without a problem. I'm going to be able to look Mm -hmm. at the orders. I'm going to be able to look at conversion rates. I'm going to be able to put the pixels in. I'm going to be able to do do all of the automated emails with the abandoned carts with ease. I'm going to be able to do that. I can connect things with Zapier. It's like, ah, easy, easy. Um, (laughs) But then when I see WooCommerce, I immediately go, shit, I have to go into WordPress. (laughs) I have to go into WordPress and then you go into WordPress and this is like, if you guys, if, if you guys and gals out there have never been in the back end of a WordPress, it, it's like, it's not necessarily like reading a palm and seeing the future, but like you can actually look through someone's WordPress, just the dashboard and know exactly what you're getting into uh, and mm-hmm. cause I, I don't know if, uh, if you agree with me, but many times when you take on um, a project where WordPress is involved and it's already in motion, it looks like a half played game of Jenga. It's oh yeah. Uh- reading, it's <laughs> unstable. So it's, it's not, um, and that's one of my biggest problems with WordPress as well. Um, you know, I, I think if you're doing lots of, if you're doing transactions on your website, WordPress is, I get a little funny about it because, um, Yes, it is flexible. Yes, there's lots of options. But I I think such as Shopify, they have actually added in additional options as well. So it's just as good. But also Shopify is um, vetted. So the the platforms it connects with, they actually trust it. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit different. Um, Yeah, this this kind of brings me to another point that we're talking about. I, I kind of mentioning it, like you have to kind of keep up to date with it so much. With WordPress, if, if you're building a WordPress website, uh, do you feel that a maintenance package is something that a, 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 per, a client should be really taking a serious look at?
1: Yes, absolutely. And this is something I've been looking into. So I've, I've been getting more into like the security of the site um, just because the type of projects I've been doing, some of it does deal with proprietary information or dealing with credit card information. The, the one thing I've seen over and over again is with WordPress, it does require constant maintenance. You need to stay on top of updating plugins and making sure your security is up to snuff. And that's not something baked in. You have to do that on your own. And I feel like yep. clients are like, yeah, 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 I'll do that. They don't. Um, and then before you know it, you update one plugin and the whole site crashes. This has happened to me. Yep. Uh, I've never, honestly, at this point in my career, I've never had a good experience with WordPress. Not even once. Anyone who has, I'm jealous of you, congratulations. Yeah. But I never have. It, it's always been a nightmare um, just because, and you know, the, the one thing that, that really does frustrate me is, again, doing my research, I was just curious. You know, people, they, they had this hill they wanna die on. It's like, well, WordPress powers 30% of the web. <laughs> and I'm like, that doesn't mean it's good. That is, that doesn't mean anything. That just means they got there first. Like I remember being in art school and they were like, we're gonna use WordPress. And at the time it was very painful like to teach yourself how to do all that stuff. I had to teach myself how to do HTML and CSS. And I think, Mm -hmm. I don't even remember if PHP was part of it but still, I mean, like I'm a designer like I'm not a developer. Those are two separate jobs which is a whole nother rant I could go on with people don't not, they don't understand the difference between the two. Um, you know, very often in my career, people ask me, is like, well, can you design this WordPress site, but then also build it? And it's like, no, those are two different things. Yes. Um, and I, I think that's what you run into with WordPress is because it is more of a, all things together, people expect you to be able to do all of those things together. And I think that that's part of the problem.
0: I agree with you. And I also feel that if you're doing something, if you're a business that's very small, or a local business that's not doing, that's not getting like tons and tons of traffic to your website that you don't have to use lots of plugins. It's very basic. WordPress is a good solution. It's something that's kind of, you you still have to keep up to date with it because they update the platform regularly. And if you don't update it, your site will just go offline. So you need to be on top of it. Uh, But if you are, but here's the thing, honest to goodness, we've worked with companies like massive international companies. And they have three mega brands on WordPress. Mm -mm. And it's, I, and when I, when I saw that for the first time, I was thinking to myself, wow, this is really antiquated. This is, I feel really scared for them. And, and I told my team when we were working, I said, you know, you can do not touch anything that we're not supposed to be touching because WordPress is like that. It's, it's that Mm -hmm. fragile. It's like, it's a glass house. You have to be very, very careful about it, but Exactly, it's it's tough so uh, so if you're if you're out there and you have a WordPress website and you've been kind of you had it developed for you and you love what it looks like you should really look into um, contacting the developer that that or the website designer whoever put it together for you just to kind of go in and maybe every other month go in and just to make sure that everything's up to date, to install the plugins. Because if you go and do that yourself, you are not qualified to do that if nope. you're not, if you're not <laughs> an expert in WordPress. And I have had people, clients, we when we, we built webs, we were, were building and developing WordPress websites. I don't know, we did it for um, about five years ago. We did it for about a year and I hated every minute of it. And I said, no more. Um, and I, I would get a call like six months later saying, hey, our website's broken, what did you do? I'm like, I told Nothing. you the maintenance <laughs> package, WordPress <laughs> broke it. it, it's it's kind of buyer no. beware, you know? But let's not give WordPress anymore um, airspace. Um,
1: <laughs> sorry WordPress.
0: Yeah, sorry WordPress, <laughs> like you're even listening, you're just like counting your money. But the, um, <laughs> So, oh, oh my God, this question. Okay, this is another one of those questions right up there with website costs that I absolutely love. If I start a design and let you finish it, is that gonna make it cheaper?
1: <laughs> oh man, uh, this <laughs> is something that I get I get tricked into this every single time because I'm, I'm kind of like a bleeding heart. I wanna help everybody. And this is something that I've had to tell myself, like honestly, no, the, the answer is no, it, it, is, it is not cheaper is uh, providing you the service might trick themselves into thinking, yeah, yeah, it to be cheaper. But the, the truth of the matter is you, it's so much mental and technical overhead because very rarely has anything pre-made landed on my desk that was built out to spec the exact way that I need it right. with the exact documentation that I need.
0: Right. So mm-hmm. how about this kind of like a follow-up to that. Here's another question. I'll be one, I'll be a prospect. Hey, um, how much do you charge for a website refresh?
1: Uh wow. Well, how long is a piece of string? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that, 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 that's pretty much the answer. Uh, you, know, people, I, I think, you know, people think that if, if they, they start something and give it to you, that it, it's going to make it cheaper because they feel like they've done some of the work for you. And, and, and you know, bless you. I, I appreciate you thinking about that. But the, the truth of the matter is, this is my whole career. This is my job. I'm trained to do this, you or not. Um, and so basically, it's like if someone half built a shed in their backyard and called a contractor and said, hey, I started the shed. Can you finish it for me? Chances are they're going to knock the whole thing down yep. and just start from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's usually what happens.
0: And it's, and just so everyone understands, too, listening, this, this that is what happens nine times out of ten. For example, and from, uh, from a content perspective, sometimes we're asked to um, bump up the copy <laughs> and I tell them, I said, okay, well, we're not bumping up anything. We're going to write your copy. So mm-hmm. uh, what you're going to give us is the guideline and then that's wonderful, but then we're going to rewrite it. And they're like, well, why, w- why should we pay you to rewrite it? And I said, well, you could not pay us at all and do it yourself. And then just give us yeah. the final product because what happens is one of the things and I would really like to, I really wanna like throw this down here on the table for everyone. When you're asking someone to design something for you, write something for you, whatever, and you are like, "Oh, well, um, it's all inclusive." It's it's not all inclusive. Design isn't. So, for example, if you are a product company and um, you tell, and we're doing some sort of design element for you, and we're doing an ad or something. Oh, yeah, just pull the ads from my web. Just pull the pictures from my website. Okay. No, we're not going to do that because they're going to be the wrong quality or yeah, yeah. Just, just get the stuff that's on my website now and just like, just grab it and just like slap it onto the new one. That's it. We'll just repurpose it. No. What we need to know is what copy you want on what pages and what that copy looks like. Oh, I thought you were writing the copy. No, 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 no. I'm not the writer here. And do you run into that a lot?
1: Oh, yeah. It's I think that the, 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 the huge problem with with any of this is that so people think, you know, it, all of these things kind of run together, um, you know, like the whole like web designer web developer thing. They are two separate jobs. Yes. Um, it's kind of like the difference between a doctor and a veterinarian. Similar fields, not the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, like I, I wouldn't ask the person doing surgery on my dog to do surgery on me. Mm-hmm. They just they're they're not experienced in that. Um, and, and I do run into that a lot where people, you know, they just kind of throw a bunch of stuff at me like, well, here's what we got, take that. Um, but I will say my number one uh, complaint is uh, whenever I ask for a logo, I ask for a high resolution <laughs> version or preferably a vector.
0: Vector. Um,
1: yeah, yeah they, they say, well, just grab it off my website. And the logo is about like, uh, you know, I don't know, 20 pixels tall. 100 100%. pixels wide. Yeah. yeah, very, very tiny. And it's like, what do you want me to do with that? I can't I can't do anything. Um, and, and I think that's the problem that people run into is that people are giving you scraps and expecting you to spin it into gold. That, that's mm. not how that works. Nobody can do that.
0: Yeah, and I think that one of the things that really holds up a website design project, I mean, even if you're going through and you're like saying, this is going to be like a three-month project, this is going to be a two-month or whatever, mm. um, that is based on everything being provided to the designer at the right yeah. time. So if you, or the team that you're working with. So for example, even if I onboard a client and I onboard a client and I say, okay, we're gonna have our on, our next meeting where we're gonna present everything in two weeks based on you giving us this list of information by this date. As soon mm-hmm. as the date passes and I'm still not getting the information your onboarding date is moving because yeah. that doesn't change the amount of work that we have to do in the timeframe. So it's the same thing with this. And and I I remember when I was doing websites that that was a big complaint. It was, why is this taking longer than we we said? We said that we're going to get this up in February and it's now March. And I said, you just got me the logo last week. Or you just gave me the access to your credit card platform last week. So I have to work on that. It's not overnight success. Yeah. so it's it's good thing to know when you're when you're ready to when you're ready to move on a project to have all of your ducks in a row so that you can just turn over those assets that are complete, approved, ready to go, and you're going to be so much happier with the result that Natalie would mm-hmm. would, would give you because you're going to look at it. They're going to be your words, your pictures, your things. It's not going to be like oh, uh, who wrote this copy? Nine out of ten, <laughs> they wrote it, which I always. Loved. <laughs> it's yeah, it, from your homepage.
1: <laughs> uh, you, uh, I will say that that has become one of my golden rules when vetting clients. And you know, I'm, I, I haven't, I've only been doing this like full time for a few years, but I have found that the clients that are the most excited to own their output, those are the best ones to work with. Right. Um. Be, because you are as part of this process as much as I am. This is not something where you just hand me a bunch of crap and just be like, okay, see you in a month. You know yep. you, you have to be part of this it's like I said, it's the exact same way as building a house you're not just gonna give them some vague instructions and then never see it until it's done because you're going to be in for a world of hurt if you just kind of let it go on without you unless if it's somebody you really really trust but I don't think I would ever trust somebody that much
0: no I, I, well, I completely agree with you now let's go into um kind of design we're talking about design That's good it's a good pivot um so do I own the copyright for a logo design? So for example, um, if uh, you are hired to do a logo design, um, do you own the copyright or does the client own the copyright?
1: So ultimately the client does if they pay for it in full. Um, I have it in my contract, uh, I did not always, uh, but you know, you, the, the copyright ownership transfers to you once payment is rendered in, in its full amount and complete. Um, mm-hmm. And I think people, I think people that, that they they believe they can start using things before they pay for them. That's not really how that works. Um, mm-hmm. That's the copy, copyright is always like a, a a big tough question to answer um, that, that that you run into. But that, that's really my blanket response. It's like yes, you know, you you do own it once you pay for it, but before then, no.
0: Yeah, and I'm I I, I do the exact same thing. You know, one of the one of the things that um, we have we ask for um, uh, for our digital retainers where we're creating the copy, we're creating these images, we're creating all of this stuff for our clients. Um, we have them pay in advance of work done. Mm-hmm. And as, as that's our policy. And the reason we do that is because the client can then use any of the information that we put out there and anything that we create for them immediately. So that mm-hmm. allows them to throw that into their email newsletter if they want to, or put repurpose one of the images that we've created as an advertisement that they're using for print or display. So it just gives them a little bit more flexibility. So yeah, we, it's it's that's the way to go. Um, so, can I make changes design to design collateral on my own? I just have I have a couple ideas. Can I? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play with it for a little bit and then I'll send it back.
1: Oh man, <laughs> that uh, that is my nightmare. Um, I, I will say that time and time again, I run into this where clients, they, they want me to kind of set things up for them and just hand it over so they can maintain it by themselves. Um, but I don't think the client is prepared to, to, to do that because this is a specialized skill. Um, this is something that takes a lot of training and not to mention, it, it really depends on what you need. Like, are, are you, do you need design collateral where you can make like teeny tiny changes? That's probably more doable. But are, are you trying to get me to hand you over an entire publication where you can make changes on your own and send it to the printer and make sure it's always built out to spec? Man, that's not going to happen. It, it, it's really not because, you know, especially when you get into dealing with files that need to be completely correct when they go to either a printer or your developer, um, the, the answer is pretty much no. Uh, when, when you get into something more complicated, it, it becomes too much of a technical overhead for the client.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah i know i completely agree with you um, it's it's there's there's a there's an element of collaboration that is always welcomed but it gets to a point where um, because in, in in terms of your designs do you um do you specify how many rounds you would go mm-hmm. your your and this is something else yeah. that i it's kind of really important um for people to understand whenever you're doing something for design um especially logo design because I've done we do logo design as well. And one of the things that um, uh, we've had in the past is clients getting the contract and saying, well, wait, we only get three rounds. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. <laughs> and I say, well, yeah, because you understand that we could be working together forever if I don't specify and cap it. And generally, I think that, is, do you do three rounds as well or do you do more?
1: I, I do, yeah, so I, I do. I, I try, I'm very limiting with logos because I feel like you can get so far into the weeds and end up working on it forever. So basically it's like, unless if you explicitly pay for more or ask for more, you're gonna get three different versions, uh, which I like to say, usually there are three different levels uh, of comfort levels. So I do um, exactly what you asked for, kind of what you asked for, not at all what you asked for, but kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I feel like clients always tend to land into one of those three buckets. So yep. why, why, why present someone with 10 different options? That's too many, in my opinion, because there's only so many different directions you can run in.
0: Mm-hmm. I know, I completely agree with that. What do you usually ask, like in terms of just for, when you're dealing with a logo design for a client, what information do you ask them for so you can get kind of dug in or get the right um, yeah. right feel?
1: So I always do a full on consultation. I mean, really with any project, but especially with logo design, which really I tend to approach as branding. I don't offer a la carte logo design because never ever have I dealt with the client that was like, okay, great. Got my logo. Thanks, bye. They always come back for something else. And I, I tell people, it's like, you know what? If you want to go buy just a logo design by itself, that's fine. I'm not gonna do that for you because I don't believe that's all you need. You need more than that. The logo is just your face. Um, your, your brand needs more than just a face. If you think of it as a person, uh, you as a person, you have personality, you have passions, you have dreams, you have goals. And so you need all of these assets to be able to portray that because the logo never, ever, ever will portray the whole story no matter how many things you try to cram in there. Um, and so whenever I talk to a client about a logo, I'm talking about their brand. Like we do an in-depth consultation, I'm talking about, and these, these are questions that have to be answered beforehand or we're gonna have a bad time. Uh, you know, like who is your target audience? What, what, you know, what mission, what mission do you have for your company? What do you want people to perceive of you? What, what are your goals? What What are your pain points? These are like deep, hard hitting questions, because those are the things I have to, you know, kind of look at all together and then untangle and then reform into not only a brand, but ultimately also the logo, which is basically a very, very boiled down, version of who you are and if we don't have all the answers to those questions you're going to get something that doesn't represent you so so those conversations Mm -hmm. tend to be very intense and I find out very quickly who's prepared to do that and who's not
0: and it's really interesting to this to find out who's not because just from from having the agency my own agency for 11 years uh just going through these consultations and sometimes saying well I kind of like this one I kind of like this logo and it's like, okay, well, this is the Ford logo and you're selling cupcakes. Okay. So you are, you're a board of cupcakes or, and then I find out, I found out that saying like, well, let's come up with some ideas. They didn't know who their target audience was. They didn't understand Mm -hmm. what they wanted them to think. They didn't understand how they wanted to be perceived. And it's nearly impossible to market somebody that doesn't understand their own identity. But then when you try to grab that and pull that out, it's extremely uncomfortable. Um,
1: it, it is, yeah.
0: Because we're not, I think one of the things a lot of people perceive in terms of a marketer, website designer, website uh, developer, anybody in our industry, is that we are so skilled that we can just look at you and just imprint exactly what needs to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And, um, and, and also, or you'll get a client that will say, well, uh, this, is, this product's for everybody. We want everyone to know about it, okay? <clears throat> so is that everybody, male, everybody, fe- no, everyone with air in their lungs is what we're going. For. Okay, good. Um, so what's your what's the, what's the age range? Um, oh, anybody. I was like, okay, birth to death is what we're aiming for. So, so we're gonna, we're gonna. Uh, so so how many two year olds do you want to target with this product? I mean, it's a shovel, but like a. <laughs> but anyway, um. But no, it's just, I digress. It was, it's just, I find it really interesting um, in terms of when you're trying to get to the meat of Mm. what someone's selling, sometimes people aren't willing to go that mile, that extra mile.
1: Exactly. And that that kind of, I think that's like the writing on the wall and not only like it, it, I mean, the client might be frustrated, but it tells your vendor that you don't know who you are yet. And it's going to be, it's going to be much more painful because your vendor therefore has to guess, um, and it's gonna, it, it's, it's probably not gonna go well for you because you're gonna get with, you're gonna look at something that you worked on for months and you are be like, well, I don't like this. And it's because you didn't bother to tell anybody what you wanted. And I, I think that that's the thing yeah. that people don't understand is you can't just look at me as, as a designer and say, well, I trust you, just do whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Th- this is for your business and for your audience. You know them way better than me. I, I promise you do. Like, I'm just, I'm just the medium. I'm translating your message into a visual form. And yep. so it is your job to tell me what your business is about because I can't determine that for you.
0: Yeah, and it is and it's it, it is true. And I think that <clears throat> when you're engaging any agency or any individual to help you out with a project, um, if it's dealing with marketing, design, branding, really make sure that you have your ducks in a row as to who you are prior to going in. Mm-hmm. Because what will happen, and this is, this is the truth, and this is a secret, folks out there. If you do not have an identity, I'm adding more percentage onto your fee because I'm going to have to work harder. If you come mm-hmm. and you give me everything wrapped up in a perfect bow, and you give me everything that I need, you're going to be an easy project and I'm going to be able to slot you in quickly, work on you quickly and and cut down on my yep. hours. <clears throat> but our billable hours will be much higher if you say, oh yeah, I just want a logo. Here's my website. You figure something out. Um, uh, yeah. Let me, let me work on that. That's going to be expensive for you because you're putting me in a really awkward position because I need to understand mm-hmm. who you are. Logo design is not about just making something pretty and cutting edge. It's also making something that, you know your audience is going to engage with and like look at and go that's cool. Yeah. So, so anyway, well, Natalie, uh, it's been such a pleasure talking to you today. I think we yeah. covered some really cool topics.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I always love talking shop. Uh, I really appreciate uh, you inviting me on the show.
0: So how can people find out more about you, Natalie? I'm going to put all of your links and everything in the discussion. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, where can people find you?
1: Uh, so, yeah, the quickest way to find me is uh, www.pixetal.com, P-I-X-E-T-A-L. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook, Twitter, uh, and LinkedIn at Pixital. Um On Instagram, it's Pixital Studio because someone else took my username and I can't get it. I will wait them out till the death at this point. <laughs> um, uh, but pretty much, if, if you can't find me there, you can also find me under Natalie Sharma. Uh, not that many people with that name combination. I'm pretty easy to find.
0: <laughs> Excellent. So uh, so folks, thank you for tuning into today's show with Natalie Sharma. Um, thank you for listening and watching the Social Marketing Academy. It, like I said before, if you want to ask um, a question for one of our future episodes or suggest a topic that we want to talk about, or you want me to talk about with somebody, I'm happy to do so. Go to go gosalesandmarketing.com on the top right-hand corner. You'll see our social links. There's also a contact form on our page if you want to do it that way or a chat. Let me know what your questions are. I'm happy to bring someone from my network in to have a conversation with, to answer your questions. All right, so make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel as well as to anywhere you find podcasts. I mean, you can subscribe anywhere. Um, But until next time, folks, take care. This is Christopher from the Social Marketing Academy.